Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. It's Wednesday and Brandon and I have a couple of fun topics to talk about today. BV, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Christmas is in the air. Got it is. a week and a half to go. Hard to believe. Christmas oh, quick. <laughs> Christmas Eve is usually my shopping day. Got to get a couple last last minute things for 100%, 100% wife and it parents. Drives my wife crazy that I wait so long, but sometimes you got to get motivated by the last minute. You have to. People man. call it procrastination, but I do my best work at the 12th. I need the deadline. Hour. Under the gun mm-hmm. is yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So last week did an episode with Adam and we yeah. touched on Livergate, the Liver King getting popped for Crazy Steroids, man. PDs, all yeah. the above, and that kind of thing. Right into it. Now he's staring right into it. So he's been doing some interviews, podcasts, things like that, and he's essentially steering into it. That old unwritten rule in politics: when you're presented with controversy, steer mm-hmm. into it. Yep. Right, which is good. Take cover it ups on. usually worse than crime, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he's been opening up, saying, "Hey, I'm sorry, I lied." Blah blah blah, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it did. I, I'd love to get your take on this as yeah. well, too, because you, everybody knows I'm a big fan of PEDs. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think. I think. Drug testing should be banned in all professional yeah, sports because I'm ready to see the show. Do. <laughs> but I digress. So, any, any initial yeah. thoughts with them? Man, I think it presents an interesting question just in general when it comes to if you are an influencer, if you have people who are, and, and I know that's a loosely defined term that gets thrown around a lot, but if you have people who are following you for advice, especially when it comes to health, fitness, wellness, that kind of thing. The question then becomes, do you have an obligation to be transparent about how you actually do things? Um, Because I do think it creates, it it does create a problem when you have somebody who, say, looks a certain way and is saying one thing but actually doing another and then trying to either sell a product. So you're you're basically, it is confusing for the consumer and deceitful for the consumer to know it's like all right i gotta buy these liver so you know i gotta buy i gotta do exactly what this guy says and eat what he says to eat these supplements he's come out with so i can look like him when the reality is that what you're seeing is there's a little bit more going on under the hood and so uh, i do think that it's yeah yeah a little bit more (laughs) Uh, a lot more going on um but so so i do think that as you know as so it disappoints me because i know it's not just him uh uh, for people who are are they have a hidden agenda, like they're they're trying to make money off of their brand or what they do, and they're they're not transparent about how they got to where they are. Um, you know, is it is it a crime? No. Do I think that we you know it, you know I don't say we because I'm not an influencer. I don't think anybody's trying to look like me. But the uh, if uh, it, I feel like there's an obligation there to be a little bit more transparent, and that so it's more disappointing than anything is that like because he's not alone. Most people do this, right? They're taking things that they're they're all taking things. But when yeah. you just look at that guy face value, is oh, anybody surprised? The fact that I thought he was natural is just not being naive. But a lot a lot of people people that aren't familiar with that world, yeah, you, you got somebody that has never been around sports, never been in the fitness world yeah. whatsoever. They're gonna take that guy at face value yeah. and, and be super naive. But liver ain't gonna get you that body. No. There, no shot. Sorry. But I, I, I do like the things he teaches. The, the ancestral tenets. They're, they're not bad. They're, they're pretty yeah. basic stuff that I mean, most I people should do. It's, it's just bit. basic stuff. It's, it's yeah. get sleep, get sunlight, minimize exposure to electronics. Mm-hmm. Don't that, have that kind plastic. Of stuff. Don't touch the receipt. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time you touch receipt, you're less of a man. For sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, oh but the stuff's not bad. And uh, I feel like had he just. Been up front, be like, that, yeah, you know? this is a lifestyle I live, but also I, I'm, I'm injecting roids into my ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, every day. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah multiple times a, day. a month. <laughs> and, and that's the thing about it. Like the the thing that got released was an email right. corresponding to and from him and his bodybuilding coach. 
the the cycle he was on was not that much like yeah. compared to a lot of semi-competitive bodybuilders like honestly it was probably mm-hmm. less than what you get so the guy clearly works out like a madman and i'm sure he eats a oh, ton sure. and all that kind of stuff but it's the hgh that yeah. that and i think he's getting fleeced on that the amount he's paying for that I, I think you can get that for half price. I talked to some people about how much they're paying for theirs, and yeah. they're like, "Yeah, that guy is definitely getting fleeced." So yeah. hopefully, hopefully, there's some good that came out of that, and he got a better doctor, got some pricing for what he's going to take in the future. Yeah, yeah. The I think part of it is you're paying you're 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 paying for the basically the quality of what you're getting, not just what it is, but like how like the you, you get pharmaceutical grade stuff like if you do want to make sure that it's cut the way it needs to be and, and no but still that, like, it, like it gets expensive you can get pharmaceutical grade hgh for literally half the price really? from what he was paying yeah, from his from my, his doctors again, I, I i will firm i will i don't know any of it yeah, maybe so, i need to get on this stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. like so these these follow-up podcasts i'm definitely listening to what he's saying but i'm taking notes about what his cycles are so yeah like, it's like for my for my future self exactly trying to get absolutely swole but but yeah i i predict that this guy's gonna he's gonna continue his apology tour but it's too little too late he's probably just gonna disappear into the abyss in a couple months and everybody's gonna forget about him because that's just the way the world works yep be on to the next one but on to the next one right speaking Mm -hmm. of good good segue there another influencer that comes up a lot in the clinic is the knees over toes guy yeah a lot of questions about that I I I should have prepared I'm not exactly sure what his background is but I don't think he's any sort of clinician i think he's just a dude that became a victim of the healthcare system had some knees that had gotten multiple surgeries multiple failed surgeries didn't do well with physical therapy and he started doing his own research taking his own approach with things and he seems to have had not only a lot of anecdotal success but he's been an influencer for a lot of people and a lot of physical therapists that are using the stuff that he puts yeah, out for, sure. for free and some books and things like that that he sells he's 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 been on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is, yeah. by the numbers, he, I, I like him, but no matter what you think about him, he's the biggest influencer on the planet and so has For the biggest sure. reach. And so uh, you you got you to gotta respect that. So are you familiar with his stuff? I forget. Yeah, for sure. And he's got a name. But ben anyway. Patrick. Okay, yeah. there we go. Ben Patrick, knees over toes guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I think I, it's – so it's interesting. I think there are some great tenets from it, right? I think we, we have long uh, – long been uh, fans and tried to buck the trend of trying to tell people they're fragile and their knees can't go over their toes or it's going to explode and all that kind of stuff. So we're, I'm always a fan of, of people who are fighting a good fight in that way. Do I think he probably takes it a little bit far to the other side? The pendulum swings maybe a little too far? Of course, but when you're trying to sell products and trying to do things like that, that's what you kind of have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he may go a little bit overboard on, on some of it in terms of the the... the Certain exercises, some of the volumes that he's prescribing, and some things I think. But I think in general, it, I think it's good stuff. I think he, he he's he's preaching a lot of good things, and I think he has changed the mindset around uh, what is acceptable and actually good for you um, in a lot of ways. So I, I again, I've, I've stolen a lot of stuff from him from a uh, from an exercise standpoint. You know, find certain things, um, doing a lot more like uh, certain split squat variations where I'm trying to really exaggerate um, that that forward translation. Uh, you know, the need to to load as much as possible in say in stages of rehab or in more preventative type ways as accessory pieces for my gym clients. Um, you know, again, he's a big believer in sled sled work, and we do a ton of sled work, mm-hmm. and so that kind of I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of, of good things that come from that for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, I think he probably he probably goes maybe a little bit farther than you need to go for the average person. But um, that's just my my two cents on it. Yeah, and I think that's all relative too because 
when he if you look at his Instagram, he you got to do the things that are going to be flashy to to bring exactly. That's, that's, what I'm to bring, that's what I'm trying to say. To bring attention to, bring people. to the issues, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you break it down, he's he's just selling progressive loading. Is exactly. all it is progressive angles. And and to be honest with you, physical therapists and orthopedic surgeons historically have been the ones that have been telling people yeah. don't squat past parallel, don't don't ever mm-hmm. let your knees go over your toes. But how are you going to sit in a chair? How are you going to go up and down stairs if you never do that? And I think I think that point's been drilled in everybody's heads ad nauseum for good reason right. that, that things are changing as far as that goes. But I did listen to his episode on Joe Rogan and honestly, out of all the stuff he talked about, one of the things I actually really appreciated was the guy's basically selling patience and consistency because he mm-hmm. talks about when you do these programs, it might take you years to yep. build up your tolerance to this and your tissues will change, but it might take years for that to occur. Right. I think that's great because just the American way, we all want that quick fix. And he's being very upfront about this. And I have patients ask about it all the time. Last night I was at a Christmas party with a business networking group and somebody brought him up too. And I'm always like, yeah, I think he's great. I think he's yeah. great. Anything, anything else promoting active movement exactly. and taking ownership for, sure, for, for your sure. body. So honestly, I think that him, I think he's done probably a lot more to the public for certain orthopedic issues than physical therapists have, honestly, in the past decade. 100%. Uh, yeah, I think Kelly Starrett had his day. He's still obviously very respected and popular, but you know he was very hot back in like 2013, 2014. And this knees over toes guy, he's, he's, he's like the current thing. But I think he's got some good stuff. I really don't honestly have much against him. I know he does give yeah. me those extreme angles, but right. you know, I think about, all right, when he's 80 years old and I'm 80 years old, if he's moving like that, he's going to be a lot better off than I am sure. getting up and down from the floor and things of that nature. Yeah, he's got a pretty cool backstory. I think he uh, his primary was a basketball player, suffered a bunch of knee issues, ended up finding, I believe he's a Poliquin disciple, like a Charles Poliquin oh, guy. Nice. And then he R. ended R. up, uh, yeah, no, man, talk, the strength. That was a good dude. Day. Yeah, dude. He was, that, you want to talk about a guy who, who knew what he was doing and it was that guy. He's still, uh, like, his, even though he's he's been gone now for a couple years, his stuff is still very relevant. The way yeah. Anderson would have plugged his information. Like there's still things that yeah. come out that like he wrote years right. and years ago. It's great. Yeah, and so he um, he basically rehabbed his own knees. Ended up coming back and playing college basketball, I believe, and then started to become more of a, a coach and trainer for basketball players and like youth basketball players. I think that has kind of been what his what like his. Um, <laughs> kind of how he developed his niche was trying to make sure that this didn't happen to anybody else, especially in the basketball population, right? That can be hard on, on you know, the, all the jumping and, and impact that's necessary from it. So, um, you know, his his big thing is those extreme angles. And like you said, like, I like that. I think that it's good to basically be able to get in those. Do I feel like some of the people that come into me, they're like, oh, yeah, I tried this. And they're trying some of these extreme angles first. <laughs> for angles first. Uh, it, it, can be, it can be like, wait a minute. Like you said, it's got to be time and it's got to yep. take time and you've got to, you know, give it a, a good progression over, like you said, years. So I'm glad to hear that he's kind of preaching that because you watch some of those videos and like a lot of people that have knee pain jump right into some of those extreme mm-hmm. angles. And I think it's 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 good to know that like, hey, that's what we might want to try to push towards. Um, but we, we don't need to be pushing through just a ton of discomfort just to hit those angles. Yeah, just you know? note the end game and then you reverse engineering it. It's like yep. a lot of stuff we do here in the clinic as well, too. Yeah, for sure. But I love that he's talking about backward walking and backward sled drags mm-hmm. as like early on in things. And I mean, we those are staples in our program. Yep, for sure. So for I love sure. that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. in, end of the day, I, 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 I like most things about Knees Ever Toes guy. I, I, like, I like Liver King's Drug yeah. cycle, so you know I'm going to be doing sissy squats and injecting some HGH in my future. I can see. There you go. I'll be. I can't. We have to document. We need like progress exactly. pictures, taping, everything. <laughs> yep. 
So let's switch gears. I know we were talking about doing a little bit of a personal finance type of thing. Yeah, we were thinking about doing a little bit of something. Stuff, yeah. You, you know, we're, neither one of us are financial experts, but I, I feel pretty confident in, in the way that I have handled my personal finances. And I know there's a lot of interesting things going on right now with student loans, things of that nature. I mean, we all know the economy is absolute shit right now. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. always a silver lining in, in things like this. You know, So I figure... Maybe the best place to start is just to sort of paint the picture for what it's like right now. So last time I checked, the uh, the stock market is just in the red pretty much all around. You know, we're like essentially about 23% down. Yeah. Interest rates are, I currently check, they're kind of floating around 6 and 7%. There's a, there's a mortgage lending broker in my networking group every week. He gives us an update on it. And he's like, yeah, mortgage rates are starting to actually come down a little bit. And they're like, and he throws a number out. And he's like, they're 7%. And everybody, boo, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff too. Which, and then always, there's always like a, like a, Person who says, "Yeah, when I bought my first house back in the '80s, my interest rate was oh, yeah, 17%. My parents said they were you don't even know about it. to get like yeah. nine back yeah, in the right, right, exactly. Yeah. So, so it is all relative, but there certainly are things you can take advantage of in a, right. in a bad market like this. And so, I, I think just the, as far as I think about our audience, right? There's a lot of physical therapists, a lot of yeah. student physical therapists. Probably the first thing to hit on." Other student loans. Yeah, I don't have any. I yeah. had had a long time. Paid those off a long time ago. Lucky dog. But yeah. uh, I do believe you. You may still have some oh, outstanding. Plenty. So. I got enough for the both of us. So how how are you handling those right now? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. For me, I did I did fifteen semesters of grad school. If you add up all my master's stuff and the DPT stuff, so, so that was that was not cheap. So what? I got up to like twenty second grade. Twenty second grade. Wow. Twenty second grade. Yeah, I did ten years of. Of uh, post high school education, mm-hmm. um, and that's without taking a super senior lap in undergrad. It was still four years for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, between that and my wife did her master's too, and so so we definitely have some student loans. And so um, the rates on those aren't great, right? I think um, they vary depending on the loan, right? It's a bunch of small kind of loans because I did not, I have not refinanced them. I didn't, so didn't consolidate. Lose, no, I didn't. I, I didn't want to lose any potential privilege or like privileges of being like a federal loan like if they do end up canceling them right they got you got to have it's got to be a federal loan for that to happen and so like i don't want to refinance them privately and when, you, not say, have when you say that. cancel yeah. you, mean, you mean redistribute to the taxpayer to the so working man it would not be considered redistribution in this instance that's not the definition right. of redistribution. so it just goes away just, but, fades, just, just goes uh, away in thin air no no disappears yes it's that fairy dust on it yes Um, yes but um if they were to do any cancellation obviously i wouldn't want to lose out on that benefit so so have not had not refinanced them at all um because you know for that reason um but um the interest rates vary anywhere from like six to eight percent essentially on most of our little one because each semester is essentially its own little Mm -hmm. loan um for any semester that you took money out on Mm -hmm. um and so, um, yeah, like I said, we've got plenty to, to still pay off. But for, for me, during this time where it is not accruing any interest and you're not having to make payments, I've kind of changed what I've done. I have not... Con- how, by the way, how long has that been going on? It, oh, a while now. I'd have to look when it started, but they pushed it back till next June. So they, they started that it's sometime in 2020, right? Yeah, they, so they did two things. They... They, they paused. They paused repayments and they and they paused uh, interest accumulation. So okay. they're just basically sitting there. The exact same dollar so, amount from that time, if you did nothing to it, is the exact same dollar amount today. So I'm gonna interrupt real quick. So yeah. my thoughts are, you got this unprecedented golden opportunity yeah. to pay down massive amounts of debt, right? Right. Because that is the big complaint. Is everybody's yes. like, yeah, you know, I paid. I paid, I started out with hundred thousand dollars. I paid my payments, and now my my balance is higher than it was to begin with. 
This is your opportunity to pay that stuff down, right? However, I'm doing it a little bit differently. Um, So, right, what I've done is um, created, um, take you know, there are certain savings accounts that are actually earning a decent interest right now. Um, I have an Ally account, it's earned like I think last I looked was like three and a half percent. Which in today's <laughs> today's market, you invest that anywhere else, it's you know, you're going to be getting three and a half percent kind of thing. So what I've I've been doing is every month where I would make that student loan payment, actually just putting in that account, mm-hmm. and so that account is growing each month based on what my loan payment I was expecting to make anyway, and so it, it's actually earning money on it, and then. What I'm going to do is right before they have interest starting to accumulate again, is just take that money and make a lump sum payment towards it. So um, that way the balance is where it would have been anyway before interest accumulates. But I looked at it as I would rather have that money now and also too, if they do any cancellation, I want that balance to be as big as it would possible essentially when they go to cancel it or do anything like that. Um, so I didn't want to pay it down and like my wife doesn't have much on hers. I want to pay that below what they ended up canceling, you know? Um, so, so that, my opinion, if you actually follow that to a T, yeah. that's a smart way to do it. The yeah. math works I'm out. I'm earning money on my stuff. How, however, the yeah. question is, yeah. do you have the discipline to do that? And do most yeah. people have the discipline to do that? For sure. what we know about spending is a lot of it is yeah. emotional and behavior driven. Mine's auto, man. I don't touch it. I don't think yeah. about it. I picked, I, when I, I already had an ally account because when we do, wait, wait, I don't mind sharing this. When we do any kind of ownership distributions and things, I put my stuff in that account because I'm going to have to pay taxes on it later. Mm-hmm. And so I already was putting stuff into that account anyway. Yeah. Um, and so what I've been doing now is instead of my my auto payment that was going on for my student loans from my account because I, I basically just set an auto payment of something I, I I don't like thinking about it um, I just basically stopped that auto payment and create an auto transfer from mm-hmm. my checking account in which all of our you know stuff comes through and we pay our bills out of everything else goes to that ally account mm-hmm. and so now that ally account is just accumulating that money and then say if June if, if in June they actually do it seems they're just gonna keep pushing it back I think um, but they make until the next us, election until the next election so, yeah. yeah nobody wants to be the one that starts it back up um, but then I will just dump what that student loan pay, those payments I'm just gonna dump that into there so that way when it does start accumulating interest it's accumulating on a much lower balance mm-hmm. um, but for me I'd rather have that money now and the fact that like it's I'm not risking that money by investing it somewhere in this market that's not doing that right. well at the moment. Um, I have it kind of earning just a very small percentage. Sure. Um, but that hasn't stopped me from also still doing my consistent investments in the, that I do from a market standpoint. I'm still yeah. buying yeah, yeah. right now right. while it's low. You know, so, I'm, still, I'm still buying at the moment. Yeah, and, and just going back to the student loan thing, again, I just reiterate, I think the way you described it, if you follow that to you, that is smart. But we know most people, right. the average American has this useless consumer debt, credit card debt, things like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just think about, again, behavior like these these phones, these yeah. cell phones. They're, they're not good for you, right? We're, yeah. we're super addicted to something. And yep. some people, their addiction is spending and money and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so I feel like if you identify you're that person that might have a spending problem, even though the math doesn't work out, you might be better off just paying your regular student loan payments because at the end of the day, you're, you're or more hopefully, right? right, right. Pay them off as quick as you can. There's a biblical thing in there, you know, about how the borrower is slave to the lender. That's why one thing I I usually yeah. hate debt. I'm not like, right, right. You know, I'm not completely opposed to it all the time, but yeah, I mean, but, mortgages. But, I mean, but I would say like it's probably you know just think about how you are as a person. Maybe talk yeah. to the expert in that front too because you could find yourself in trouble if you're a person that tends to just rack up credit card debt. Then all of a sudden you're sure. like, oh, this is my student loan, man. I'm just gonna you know buy more useless shit that I don't really yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't really make you happy either. Yeah, um, but for yeah, sure. But that, that I'm kind of the same way. Our, the only debt that we carry is our, our mortgage and our student loans. Right. I'm saying, like, when we I bought a truck, 
Well, in what, January? It's been almost a year. And it's like I bought a used truck that I could afford to write a check for. You know, uh-huh. and it was just like that. It's kind of the same mindset of like that. I don't like carrying any excess debt either. I actually, in hindsight, even though my mortgage, we bought a house in the beginning of COVID timeline. So we got a great rate then. Um, but rates continued to go down a little Dude, bit people, more. There are people that got 1% I know. interest. And my, I mean, I was already, free I was money. already three, right? And so I'm looking there like I, I was thinking, I, I wish I had refinanced again. And gotten a ca- and cash out because the home value was going up, mm-hmm. and done a cash out refi and taken some of that money and put it in the student loan fund because then once it goes to student loans, you know you you basically have just moved the debt mm-hmm. from one to the other and much lower rate as yep. it was tied to my mortgage. I should have done I should have done a refinance then, but I had just bought the house. The rate was was a lower than what I had gotten it because it did go down, but it wasn't like so much. Usually they say like you don't want to do it unless you can get like enough of a. It's not worth it to do it unless you get enough yeah because it comes there. at a cost a yeah it comes at a cost but mm-hmm. in hindsight looking at should have done a cash out refi and, and essentially redistributed the debt towards this towards right. the house versus the student loan mm-hmm. uh, i didn't do that that's my one regret during yep. this time that i didn't didn't do that right but right it is what it is so let's let's talk about then you you, you alluded before we got back on the student loan topic about how you haven't changed your investment behavior and and that's one thing too you know i mentioned i've, I've paid off all our debt, right? We don't, yeah, have, yeah. we don't have mortgage. Well, I got a mortgage on, on investment property, but not yeah, on yeah. My, my primary residence, student loans, pay off that kind of thing. And one thing I was very, very conscious of, and it was just not get caught up in that in that lifestyle mm-hmm. thing where you start to have more disposable income, you start to spend more. I kept my lifestyle the exact same. So pretty yeah, much yeah. all the money I was throwing into debt, I just put into investments. And right, right. I, 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 I tend, to, for the most part, so I'm a little crypto, but, yeah, but uh, when I, I do, I do uh, most of my investments. I, I like to keep it simple. I, I treat it very much like most things I do as a clinician, things I do in my training. I try yeah. to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. So for for me, I guess like my, my north star, is, as old school as it is, is I still contribute and max out my four hundred one k. Four hundred one k. I do the Roth option. I do too. Roth versus traditional. Essentially, I'd rather pay the tax now. And right. Right. So if you look at and I think any economist will agree with this. If you look at the value of a 401k, it's mostly built on the growth mm-hmm. and not necessarily what you put into it. Now, don't get me wrong. You have to put money into it. And time is a big mm-hmm. thing that gets you that compounded interest. And so the reason I choose the Roth is because I've already paid that tax up front. So mm-hmm. whenever I draw that money, it's all going to be mine, right? If it was mm-hmm. if it was um, the traditional option, then I had to pay tax and I'll draw that money one day. Right. And with that... You you got all these options about risk and how you allocate money, how much you do versus stocks versus bonds, that kind of thing. A couple years ago, Simple Path to Wealth, JL Collins. It was it was written pre-COVID. I admit we are in a much different time. The economy right, may right. never be the same again. You know, right, I fully admit sure. that. But uh, his book basically made a case for putting as much as you can into VTSAX, that, that Vanguard Index Fund, which gives you pieces of each company, the blue chips, everything in the stock market. So I have my custom portfolio option, 100% goes into VTSAX. Okay. It's, that's, that's how I've done it. And when the economy was good, it was great. Um, right now, again, the economy shit, it's down 20-something percent. But I am still making sure that I max it out first. Like I said, that's my North Star. And then outside of that, I guess, and if you want to jump mm-hmm. in, let me know. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I yeah. do similar. I'm at, yeah. you know, 401k is still, uh, mine's Roth. Still trying to max that as well. I don't have all of it towards uh, VTSAX. I have a little bit in VTI, and I have I have a little bit slightly more risky profile. But at this time right now, again, 
I don't <laughs> have kids. Um, I I am a, a little bit younger than you, sir. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. By, by, by a handful of years, um, and so I have a little bit more risk in mind. Um, but which probably is not helping me at the mm-hmm. moment. But um, but most of it, yeah, there most of it is still more towards like mutual funds and, and a little bit of a, a right. lower risk profile. But I do have the same thing. I have some crypto too. Now I don't think yeah. I went as hard in the paint as you did crypto wise. But oh uh, man, Robinhood, yeah, oh yeah, I can't even. I'm I, holding I, it though. I actually I have taken Robinhood off like alerts off my phone because I don't even <laughs> want to know, man. I don't even want to know. That is, so that's the one thing I have not kept buying. I will I will say that I have not kept buying more crypto. Mm-hmm. I am still buying more when it comes mm-hmm. to more traditional investing for through in the market but i'm not buying more crypto at the moment and that is yeah. more just for me being frustrated that i, I lost a little bit of money on crypto yeah. so. uh, cri- crypto feels like you're in a casino every yeah, time i can't I, yeah I don't, even, I don't even look at the so i i do have i do have bit bitcoin yeah that, that's all i, I have, have that's, just that, that's all i have yeah uh and, and i'm hanging on to it because i, I have a little shiba you remember we bought shiba though? yeah i got rid i, I got you up sold on that it? I sold oh, okay yeah. i still Quickly have it. i didn't make any money every, all, all my all my stuff is in i got up there i'll put it all back into bitcoin yeah and I think what's going to happen is at some point Bitcoin is going to go on at least another run. Yeah. Probably the next time it does that, I'm probably going to get out. I'm getting out too. Once I pass what I put in and I'm back in the in the, in the black with that, I'm, yeah. I'm getting out. Right, <laughs> but, but I'm hanging on to it. I'm not going to sell it because yeah. that's a, that's a loser mentality. Is yeah, to sell it's, not, it's not hurting anything. I don't and, need, need and, that right this right. second. But but outside, so out, we talked about the 401ks, some just really really general stuff, that kind of thing. And and I'm sure a financial guy would probably yell at me for putting all my eggs in one basket but when you break down what what an index fund is you're actually it's it's fairly diverse in itself but i digress outside of that taxable brokerage most of that is in other vanguard index funds that we don't have access to with our current 401k provider very very similar qqq is 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 kind of based off of the the technological world and our our good friend michael anna was gave me the recommendation on that so uh, so that's how I spread that out, and then that's essentially how my kid, my kids' five twenty nine accounts, their college accounts, are, are kind of built very similar as far as that's concerned. Right. And then I have a little bit of real estate. I got great tenants, man. They're they're barbers, and yeah. they pay me cash. They bring the rent here to the clinic at work. All I have to do is write a receipt and leave it at the front desk. They they never bug me. They never call me. They're great. Yeah. And so part of me wants to, and, and actually. Let me ask, so I had a patient who's a financial advisor and yeah. he told me something very interesting because my thoughts are just keep doing the same thing, right? You know, your right. Dollar, even though the market's down, your dollar cost average, yeah, right? So you put the same amount, you're going to end up getting more stock. One day it's going to go, the, the market historically has always gone up, you know, yeah. even when it's really, really bad at some point. It usually averages 8 to 10% depending on what you read each year. But he did mention though, he said that historically when the market drops this much and he referenced 20 something percent, yeah. he said it typically takes a decade for it to get back to where it, where it was pre-drop. Mm. And he said that based off of his experience, research in that finance world, data, that kind of thing, that 2023 is gonna be way worse. There's gonna be like at least another 25% drop. And he said at that point, that's when he's going to recommend his client's dollar cost average. He said oh, okay. at that so point, he's saying hold off. Right he's now. saying hold off right now. He said just hold yeah. on to cash and probably like you're doing. Put yeah, it in most the of my, yeah, I'm talking the amount put, that I'm put putting in, into what would be going to student loan. It's a lot. I'm not a big 100 percent of anything, so I didn't mm-hmm. want to not be buying right. some stock too and just put every bit of my extra right. income in, into that. But most of it is. So yeah. yeah. Yes. So it probably works out right now. Right, yeah. exactly. But then, and, and, and it's probably sound advice, but we're, we're all guessing. We're all oh, trying we to all it. Because guessing, for sure. historically, again, from my understanding, and, and, and unless you're um, 
unless you're Nancy Pelosi, no one can time the market. No one has been able to time the market, right? A lot of people have gotten rich actually copying her, her portfolio. That's very objective. You look at what she's done, her investments, you follow what she did, you can actually make some money. But but historically, no one's been able to predict it and time it. So the guy could be right. And based off how the trends have been, I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd probably gamble that he's probably is going to drop another 20 to 25% in 2023. But I'm still not going to... I'm still going to change my habits. Right. There's that old adage that time in the market beats timing the market. And yeah. you, you zoom out, you look at the graphs, that usually is going to be your best bet. I'm with you. I think I'm, I haven't... I haven't changed too much. I think what I did do a little bit of is so I, I pretty much everything I have is on auto, like in terms of like the way I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a day trade guy. I don't buy, I don't look at it and then buy it and, and do like through like Robinhood or any mm-hmm. of those apps or anything. Like I have a set amount of money that I send to w- those accounts, the Betterment accounts, the mm-hmm. Wealthfront accounts, that kind of things, robo investors basically, mm-hmm. right. and to 401k stuff and to the student loan thing because I don't want to touch it. I don't want to mm-hmm. think about it. I don't want to look at it. And so the only thing I have done is changed how much is going to each one and biased one versus the other. And then, um, but I have not changed really my. Um, the distribution or the breakdown within each one of those accounts mm-hmm. in terms of like how much is towards a mutual, mutual funds versus individuals, like that kind of stuff. I haven't yep. changed any of that. Yep. Um, I've kept it still more on the risk adverse side, but not like a hundred percent on that. Um, yep. And so I don't plan on changing that really either. Um, you know, I got to go until once they tell me student loans are going to start create you know, getting you know accumulating interest again i'll make that that lump sum kind of thing and then then reevaluate probably at that time at that yeah, time for then sure. i got then i got to decide what am i going to do you know for sure yeah so you, in, in summary if, if you want to be wealthy you want to eventually get financially independent where one day maybe work is optional you got to invest in something you figure yeah, out what that is you figure out what your your risk is what you want to invest in for me, I think avoiding lifestyle creep as you start mm-hmm. to increase your net worth is really important, right? Because you need to save and invest more than you spend, which right. seems obvious. That's that's economics one on one, but a lot of people have problems with that. And the historically very safe, boring, tried and true ways are to invest in your four hundred one k's, your index funds. That will get you there average, eventually. Man. If you want, if you want to ride the roller coaster, you want to ride the dragon, mm-hmm. get on that crypto game. Um, but man, right now whew, I am down, down. But I think it's going to go up one day, so I'm I just going to so. hang on to it. Yeah. And other than that, man, I, I hopefully. I, I don't think there was anything we talked about was groundbreaking. But no, and I think, least, again, we are not, obviously, and people who are financial advisors are probably listening to this thing. <laughs> they're probably not yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we might be getting calls somebody, like, you need my somebody, service. Somebody's going to take my portfolio, like, here's what you have, here's what you could have had. Here's what you yeah, 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 exactly. want to know. But, it, but it's all know. good. It's all good. Because yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got so much other shit I'm actually interested in. I don't want to be thinking about my portfolio. Right. Right. I just want to kind of let it go. That's why my shit's on audio. I don't want to think about it right now. Yeah, that kind of stuff. If you feel like you need some help in this, don't necessarily reach out to us. Yeah, don't reach out to me. yourself advisor. Actually, huge shout out. This is actually totally unplanned. Good buddy of ours, friend of the podcast, friend of Vertex, Jason Friedman. Yes. He started that new business. Do you yes. know they just, I think they just launched like last week or something. It's Advisor Finder, yeah. um, which is like an online um, like marketplace to find and meet with and network with uh, potential financial advisors for anybody who's looking for something like that. So if you do want somebody, boom, shout out Jason Love Friedman Jason. and Advisor Finder. Good, boom, good, I can't good, believe that worked good out. Good guy, super smart. Uh, super, we super met smart. him in the CrossFit world. I remember I he, had, he, had a, he, had about a, he had a pair of nanos for every day of the month, man. He had the most nanos I've ever seen. Yeah. I do Sure. Always fresh. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, Jason's a great guy, and that's a cool service. Like I forgot that. That was totally, 
totally unprompted, but yeah, yeah shout out, yeah. shout out to no, Jason just... Freeman, and shout out to Advisor Finder. So check that awesome. if you're, yeah, if you need advisor help, don't contact us. Go to Advisor Finder. <laughs> Boom, new new uh, sponsor on the podcast. There we go. But we don't know if Jason wants that or not. <laughs> so I'll have to text him and say, yeah. hey, uh, so like, can you can you be a sponsor on the Spike podcast? Good because I already mentioned it. <laughs> I'm, this is better, faster podcast. We're out.